This is Jonathan. And this is Alan, and welcome to the Nerd Me Podcast. Jonathan, who is in the room with us right now? Alan, we have my buddy, John Carlos is back. He was with us for the episode on the John Williams music, and he's here today with today's topic, which is Star Wars Ring Theory. John Carlos, what is Star Wars Ring Theory? (laughs) Hey, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Thanks for having me back. Um, So I'll cut right to the chase. Star Wars Ring Theory, and the concept is pretty simple. And it's that the prequel trilogies and the original trilogy mirror each other. Um, So the idea behind Ring Theory is not necessarily that they're carbon copies of each other, but that they follow a certain structure and a certain pattern and certain events have to take place and both trilogies mirror each other. Moving on to the sequel trilogy, I've I've kind of discovered that the sequel trilogy is actually the prequel trilogy backwards. And I guess we'll get more into that. Sure. So before we get too in depth, I just want to say that uh, Star Wars Ring Theory is an art was first posited by a gentleman named Mike Klimo um, back in uh, October of 2014. So as usual, Nerd and Me is on the cutting edge of of what's happening (laughs) in the world of geek. Um, Yeah. So he he posited through an eight nine page article on the website StarWarsTheory.com. Uh, it, you know, if after you listen to this, you want to go there and listen and, and read it, be our guest. And there's plenty of YouTube videos about it, too. Uh, I just want to give credit where credit is due. This is not our theory. This is not John Carlos's theory. We're exactly. just talking about it. We're just discussing it. We're just going to make it easy for the layman. All right. So, so G, you, you, go ahead, Al. Uh, before we start, I just want to, um, I'm just curious, like, what is everyone's thought of the pre- prequel before we start? So John Carlos, did you like the prequels oh when the first came out? Come on, you got to be honest. I love, I love the prequels. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay, that's good. No, this this yeah. is important. This is very important. It is it's very important. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it it's is. very important. Yeah, uh, I, love Alan, the, I love the original trilogy just as much as the prequels. Just do. Wow. I, I loved, I loved the Phantom Menace trailer. And <laughs> <laughs> good. <laughs> um, yeah, I I am not a fan of of the the prequel movies. I will say, and we can discuss this as the show goes on, I do have a greater appreciation for them now than I did years ago. Okay. Um, I'm in exactly the same whole. boat as Jonathan. I, 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 I'm not saying I hated it, but it, it definitely, I mean, the original trilogy, I think it's near to dear for, for all of us here. I mean, as a right. groundbreaking mm-hmm. trilogy. And and I think after these newer movies that have coming out, <laughs> I'm with Jonathan. I actually have a, a deeper appreciation of the prequels. So a little bit of a change. Right. And, and I'll tell you that my attitude started to change. Uh, I think it was because of you, John Carlos, because you, I think you were the first one that just made me realize that, you know, the trilogy, uh, the prequels were your, your original Star Wars trilogy. Right. Like you were, you were a young kid or a young teen when these movies came out. Whereas, you know, Al and I are, are at least 10 years older than you, maybe even more. And right. you know, our original trilogy was the original trilogy. So, you know, that's your childhood. And like, don't I, get me wrong. I, that means look at it differently. 
Right, like, don't get me wrong. I saw the original trilogy before the prequels, but, you know, go, move, going into a movie theater, like, episode one was the first time I ever saw a new Star Wars movie in theaters. So, right, and know, those, but those are your toys. Those are your, you know what I mean? Exactly. And, and, no, what I'm saying is that it helped me understand. Like, I used to react to people that said they're like, they're like, oh my God, you don't know movies, blah, blah, blah. But then I'm like, you know, especially when I took age into consideration, I was like, all right, I get it. It was your trilogy. And that's why. Yeah. God forbid, but 20 years from now, the people that are, the kids that are watching these new movies are going to be like, that's my Star Wars trilogy. <laughs> I'll deal with that 20 oh, years now. <laughs> God help us all. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, gee, all the right. ring theory, go ahead, hit us with it. All right. So, the stru- so this is pretty much the structure with your original trilogy and the prequel trilogy, according to Mike Kimlo, which, you know, pretty much matches up. So, Episode one is basically a retelling of Return of the Jedi, episode six. So you have to think of Ring Theory as like a circular pattern uh, where, you know, it begins and ends in the same place, essentially. Um, Then we move on to Attack of the Clones. And this is where things get really interesting because Attack of the Clones is basically a mirror image of the Empire Strikes Back, but it's literally a mirror image. So what happens in the beginning of Empire Strikes Back is actually the beginning of, or rather, what happens at the end of Empire Strikes Back happens at the beginning of Attack of the Clones. And then it just crosses paths, essentially. Then we get to Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope, and it's the same pattern where what happens at the very end of A New Hope happens at the beginning of Revenge of the Sith until we get to the beginning of the movie. Do you think Um, Lucas did this on purpose? Absolutely. Okay. You know, when it comes to when it comes to the prequel trilogy, um, it was absolutely structured that way on purpose. When I started reading into this again, just last night, I, I started reading that article that John sent the link to me, and I was yeah. thinking, if Lucas did this on purpose, this guy is a freaking genius, like a, a genius as to what he did. Like you think about like a New Hope, right? We're yeah. to release a movie. Episode three, no less, right? I mean, mm-hmm. at the time we thought it's the first, but in, in the grand scheme of things, no, episode four, right? Right, episode right. four, I know. Yeah, to, to have that idea, and they had this whole big, well, I guess you'd call it structure on, on how to write movies. Right. I, I mean, that's genius. If well, that, you know what? Actually, I don't think he had that idea with the original trilogy. I mean, I'm sure there were like, by the time of Return of the Jedi, there were certain elements he wanted to hit again that you know we're introducing new hope that may have fallen by the wayside with empire strikes back but the, when he was writing the prequel trilogy it was absolutely like the main plan like oh, I it had to be structured yeah. that way hmm. right hmm. now i want so. to count up by saying look i i honestly believe george lucas is a genius just from what he did with star wars empire and jedi alone um you know he he saw he if he needed something or a special effect or sound didn't exist, he made it happen. And if he didn't do it personally, he hired the right people to do it. Um, exactly. So you, you can never take that away from him in terms of, of that kind of genius. My pushback is that is he a genius because of this ring theory? I'm going to say no, because in, in preparing for this episode, uh, you know, I watched a lot of YouTube videos and I did a little reading and the ring composition in storytelling has been around for forever. Right. And I think a lot of what Mike Klimo says in his article was always kind of, 
I don't want to be insulted because I appreciate the guy. The guy loves Star Wars and put a lot of work into this, and he obviously knows about films. I just think a lot of what he wrote down was kind of like obvious stuff that everybody kind of knew and didn't think it was essay worthy. Maybe I, and I know you're going to get into the music, and, and I'm just saying the story structures. I, if you look at the three Hangover movies, they have a similar structure. So <laughs> are, you know, are they following some grand genius theme? Yeah, I'm not trying to be. You know, uh, well, that's just it. Insulting, um, you know. You know when what I'm it comes saying? to writing, right? Well, that's just it. When it comes to writing movies or books, there's always a structure that we don't really think about. But somewhere, like you know, like in our minds, we're like, this seems somewhat familiar because it is a formula. You know, mm-hmm. it's just this specific formula follows a specific pattern where you know the mirrors, or like the movies, mirror each other. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So. That's pretty much it. <laughs> I mean, I get it. I'm not saying that George Lucas is a hack. And, and it's not that this way of writing, like you said, it's been around forever. Just the fact yeah. that there were actually some thought behind it. Because there was a time when the prequels came out. I, I didn't, you know, I'm not going to speak for Jonathan at all. But I, I was like, oh, George Lucas is such an ass for like making these prequels. He, he, he ruined it. You know, I was like actually right. mad at him. And when Disney took over, I think a lot of us were rejoicing. Like, oh, my God, finally, it's out of someone else's hands, out of Lucas's hands specifically. And maybe we'd see something better. Yeah. <laughs> so the sequel trilogy also follows a similar pattern where it mirrors the original trilogy. And the pattern for that, you know, The Force Awakens was an awesome movie. It was enjoyable. It was fun. It was lighthearted. You know, what have you. But the main knock against it was that it followed A New Hope too closely. Um, mm-hmm. But that's actually not the case. Um, Are you kidding so me? Real, it was, so it was like quick. a carbon copy of, of A New Hope. Well, actually... I, and I think it was done by design. It, it, because Abrams, it is by design. Like, he was very safe with it because he yes. knew he had the people to come right. to this movie, you know? And, and he, knew he hit the nostalgia button. Abrams is good with that. Look at Star Trek, look at Lost, look at anything he does. He's good with the nostalgia button. So when we're talking about rank theory, we're talking about like the structure, the action beats, the story beats themselves. Okay. So let's look at the Phantom Menace real quick. It's a pretty much a shot by shot remake of Return of the Jedi with new characters, new locations, whatnot. But the action sequences, the story beats, they're all exactly the same. You know, you have uh, the whole negotiation and rescue at the beginning of the movie. You have the native battle at the end. You have the three way battle at the end. Um, you have the pod race and the speeder chase on Endor, so on and so forth. So they mirror each other in that way. But when you look at the story of The Phantom Menace, it's kind of a retelling of the story of A New Hope, just told in the order of Return of the Jedi. So when we look at The Force Awakens, it's the same thing. It's actually the story of The Phantom Menace, told in the order of Revenge of the Sith. Wait, say that again? So, yeah. Yeah. The Force Awakens actually follows the storyline more closely to The Phantom Menace, the Phantom. Okay. but it tells Order of Revenge of the Sith. Ah, oh, dude, my like, head hurts already. <laughs> dude, the yeah, this is less than a ring and more like a dodecahedron. <laughs> I mean, there's... I, mean, I, got, I, got red, I got red yarn going from all over the place on my wall. I'm trying to piece this together here. I actually wrote years ago about this. So, like... The Force Awakens of Revenge of the Sith. So Revenge of the Sith opens in a battle over over Coruscant, whereas The Force Awakens is a battle on the ground, on Jakku. And then what happens? You have, in Revenge of the Sith, an old Sith Lord gets killed, Count Dooku. Whereas in The Force Awakens, you have an old Force user, which is, what's his name, Lor Senteco or whatever? 
and it's Kylo Ren doing the deed in this round. Wait a minute, stop, stop, stop. Laura Santeca yeah. is the four Caesar. Where is that? Fourth worshiper. Oh, that's a stretch, my friend. That's a so stretch. The, the problem here is the imagery. You have this old guy with white hair getting slain by a one board. Same exact thing. All right. Then you have your heroes getting captured, Anakin and Obi-Wan, and then Poe, and then you have a crash landing on Coruscant and a crash landing on Jakku. It's like the same exact sequence of events. And then you have, you know, Palpatine discussing to the Jedi, like, about hunting down General Grievous, and then Kylo Ren's discussing with Hux about hunting down Finn, who, like, defected. Yeah, there, it just goes on and on and on like the structure of it so yeah like the elements like when you look at the movie like there's a lot of stuff that's similar to a new hope but really when you dig deeper it's revenge of the sith all over again i mean down to like two hours into the movie at exactly the same point you have obi-wan picking up anakin's lightsaber from the molten lava sand beach and then you have ray picking up anakin's lightsaber from the snowy banks and I you're mean, saying it's, it's, exactly a, it's at the, the same, same same minute, right? It's in a lot of instances down to the same minute. It's crazy, like That's how nuts. closely the Force Awakens follows Revenge of the Sith. So, so you're saying JJ did that on purpose? Oh, like absolutely. He brought it into the ring. All right, I just he, okay. he plays it safer than those Game of Thrones creators, you know. Right. <laughs> <sighs> well, they're doing their own Star Wars, so it's gonna be yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be a Olympic ring theory at this point. They're gonna be five rings. My friend said that, my friend said that Star Wars trilogy will be fantastic so long as Grimm writes a treatment for it. So, that's who? Grimm. George R. R. Martin. Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> anyway, Are they bringing him in. I didn't know they were bringing him into it, but okay. It's a running joke. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, like you know, there's even a point like halfway through the movie where like Maz Kanata is telling Ray to like you know, follow the ways of the Force and, you know, follow the ways of the Jedi. And at that same moment in Revenge of the Sith, you have Palpatine imploring to Anakin, using exactly the same camera angles, imploring him to, you know, use his knowledge to become a dark side user. So, yeah. That's you know, if, I'm sticking to it. If you, the Force Awakens from the same movie. <laughs> if you watch YouTube videos, like exactly what John Carlos is talking about, it actually is pretty compelling. When they do side-by-side like videos yeah. and, and pictures on how they really line up at certain moments of the movie. I mean, it is really structured just like you're saying, like the ring. Theory. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's bizarre that, that it's happening. You know, do you think they do this ring theory for like what Jonathan was saying with, um, JJ Abrams for the sake of being familiar with something? Oh, absolutely. I like mean, Jonathan, what's Abrams, the psychosis of this? You know what I mean? I mean, he got when JJ got hired for the job. First thing he did was go to George Lucas. I mean, for someone who grew up idolizing George Lucas and now is in charge of Star Wars, like, do you really think he's going to move away from that formula? Oh, <laughs> I mean, he's going to play it safe. He's going to want to make something that makes George proud. And you know, when I watched The Force Awakens for the first time, it felt really familiar, but I couldn't quite place my finger on it until the very end of the movie, mm. and that is the big reveal with old Luke Skywalker. Hmm. And if you think about it, it's exactly the same way Revenge of the Sith ends, where you have baby Luke being handed off. And that's two movies in a row where you have Luke Skywalker show up at the end of the movie and not say a word. Dude, he's all right. (laughs) He's a baby. (laughs) 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 Exactly. So like, it's, it's, 
If it's black, it's if, it's, if you're old, then it's young. Yeah. That's exactly <laughs> okay. right. no, I'm like, I'm trying not. I, okay. <laughs> you're a dear friend to me, Gene Garth. I hope you understand that. Um, I just, I just think, I think we're looking at a lot of unconnected things and connecting them because they remind. First of all, the prequels and the sequel and the original trilogy should look alike. They're all filmed by the same person, or at least heavily influenced by George Lucas when you when you talk about Empire and Return of the Jedi. So did I see. You know, did you read the whole Mike Kimlo thing? I, I didn't recently. I remember I read it in the past, but there's okay. And with J.J. Abrams, I would think any similarities would be in well straight. I mean, look, he, I know you just connected it with Return uh, Revenge of the Sith. But he straight up remade A New Hope, and I think any any similarities could be an homage to Luke. And you're right, he grew up idolizing Lucas and Spielberg, and he threw some of that stuff in there. But, I I, I mean, to make this, this grand theory thing kind of eludes me. And then, I'm not, you said you saw it in the new trilogy, and if you, if you want to say you saw it in Force Awakens, I understand. But I'm going to I, you know, if you have reasons why the Last Jedi is part of this theory, <laughs> I am I am going to stand here and tell you. It is before I even hear what you say. <laughs> I'm say you're wrong because Alan and I have talked about the Last Jedi. We did four hours of podcasting on it, <laughs> and I'm telling you, this is the Last Jedi. That's not a Star Wars movie. I can look at the prequels and say, is the dialogue awful? Yes. Is some of the acting awful? Yes. But are they Star Wars movies? Absolutely. If you can link Last Jedi and convince me that this is part of, of some grand genius scheme, be my guest. Okay. You know, I don't don't throw, throw it on the down. table, Jean Carlos. <laughs> I want to hear it too. All right. Let's see. Well, <laughs> because if <they, laughs> I'm like, I don't even know where to begin. So let's start with the fact that both of them start on a cloudy planet from the very beginning. You got the whole evacuation sequence on Dakar, and then you have like um, the assassination attempts on. Oh wait, I'm Adam. sorry. Which movie are we? We're comparing this. To so Attack now we're talking Clones? Attack of the Clones and oh, okay. Last Jedi. So an Attack of the Clones opens up with an assassination attempt on Padme oh, on a Padme, cloudy right. city, a very cloudy Coruscant. Right. Wait, and this is and supposed then, to mirror Empire Strikes Back too, then, right? Because it's the second at the very movie. End. Exactly. Exactly. Huh. Huh. So then the Last Jedi opens up on Dakar and it's like super cloudy and they're trying to escape because they're about to get slaughtered by the first order. Um, then you have like a whole like chase sequence. And I mean, it is a little different, like Ryan Johnson being Ryan Johnson, like decided to, you know, subvert expectations, so to speak. And, um, uh, on, on did, this show, he's done it. He <laughs> show not be named. Okay. <laughs> it's totally no, from San Clemente up, up the road for me too. Funny enough. Go ahead. I'm just joking about that. You know, the thing with the last Jedi, like, it's more, way more visual. Like you have a lot more, for example, sunsets. You have a lot more like, what's that planet where Luke is from? Octu and Octu, Octu and Utapau, or not Utapau? Man, what is that? Camino. Like, there's a lot of visual similarities, like, and stuff that happens in those sequences that mirror Attack of the Clones and The Last Jedi, like, respectively. Yeah, this one's a little harder to describe because the storylines are different, but the action beats are the same. Um, like it becomes really clear at the end of the movie where you have the ex- you know, you have Anakin and Padme and the Attack of the Clones sneaking into the foundry or whatever on Geonosis, and they get you know there's a whole action sequence. They get caught by uh, Jango Fett, and then they're sent to 
the execution arena. It's the same thing with Finn and Rose and that other random guy, I can't remember, uh, where they're like sneaking around the um, First Order ship and they get caught by Phasma and the stormtroopers and they're sent to be executed. And then you have this whole like fight sequence between Phasma and Finn and Phasma or Finn, you know, knocks Phasma on the head, mirroring when Mace Windu like cut off Jango Fett's head. And it's like the same exact move. It's the same exact like camera angle it's crazy and then you have like the battle of geonosis and the battle of crate and if you notice like there's a very like distinct reason why crate has like that red sand underneath like the salt or whatever um it's because it's paying homage to geonosis but it happens at the same exact point in the movie and then the movie ends with you know both movies end with like a very uneasy ending where it's like who really won like what the hell just happened what the hell did we just watch um you know in attack of the clones it's like yeah we won but now we're stuck in these clone wars and then in the last jedi they're like wow here we are in another what, war with the first or whatever what's the last scene in attack of the jedi attack of the clones <laughs> sorry <laughs> the last scene in attack of the clones is padme and anakin getting married That's are they, the are they looking out into space Right, they're that, that movie. No, they're looking out over over uh, Naboo, right? Oh, over no, the balcony. Because yeah. Empire, they so, have yeah, they have exactly. Luke and Leia yeah. looking into space, and then and, and and then you have the random kid looking out. Yeah, to like, huh. that's one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which is kind of like I don't know, showing the progression of their legacy, I guess, yeah, so please. to speak. Um, let me just talk about to that. You know the the milk drinking scene <laughs> by Luke. Um, you know, that same thing happened with Obi-Wan at the bar, like at, tw- at like around the 22 minute mark in both movies, both of them take a swig of something, you know, it's just little things like that. Oh, and how about the part where like, you know, all hope is lost and then Grandmaster Yoda walks in and then it's the same thing in the last Jedi, except it's Luke who walks in to save the resistance or whatever whatever they call themselves these days and what's funny too um, is yoda talks in in like a ring right he basically says yeah. the same thing you know back and forth too that is true oh see john <laughs> oh my god so okay all right i'll fight remember you. we're just talking about destruction um it's really compelling like i just sent you guys i don't know if you got it there's a this really cool shot of like Anakin on the speeder with the twin sons and attack of the clones at sunset. And then in, um, the last Jedi, you have the same scene essentially with Rose and Finn on whatever that monster horse thing that they were riding, but it's nighttime with twin moons in the background. And it happens that pretty much exactly the same moment. You know, in both films. So does something like this, John Carlos, the ring theory, because you did enjoy the prequels as well. Did it, right. did it solidify something for you in regards to, like, do you like it more so now that you understand this ring theory? I like the prequels a lot more now. I appreciate it. Like because you know what? Right. Because, you know, the prequels to me, they were not perfect. They were fun movies. I mean, honestly, Revenge of the Sith is not my favorite Star Wars movie, but it's the one I watch the most. It, hmm. Wait, uh, what? Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's not perfect. It's you know it has really serious issues with you know pacing and dialogue, but at the end of the day, they're enjoyable movies. You know they're fun to watch. And honestly, like you put the old trilogy on to like this generation, and they find it boring because 
films have advanced so much you know since the original trilogy came out and i mean they're still phenomenal movies don't get me wrong um but the prequels and the sequels are more relevant to be honest at this point i know that's controversial but <laughs> i'm just i'm just trying to get my head around the fact that if when you're in the mood for a star wars movie you reach for sith and not empire you know i do and you know what it is it's that opening sequence the battle of coruscant is like one of my mm-hmm. all-time favorite like space battles in the entire um yeah saga uh, visually stunning i'll give you that it's visually stunning <laughs> um, but honestly it's got more emotion in those first 10 minutes than like the entire prequel trilogy combined like you you're just sold on it mm. so stick into it all right so <laughs> let me uh, all right so send you guys a bunch of let me ask you that let me ask alan asked kind of what i was going to ask anyway but i'm going to take it a little further did do you feel and i want you to be objective step out of yourself for a minute and look at you and say and think did you need the last jet not in one but did you need the last jedi to fit into the ring theory in order to appreciate that better you know i don't know to be honest the Last Jedi is by no means my favorite Star Wars movie. Like, it's not even like top six, I don't think. Honestly, I could take it or leave it. But it's Disney, it's still J.J. Abrams producing. There was, as much as they say that there isn't, it, there's still a master plan in place that they have to follow. So I knew they were going to play it safe. <laughs> okay. okay. If, if you feel that The Last Jedi follows this ring theory, what so how what what would you predict for this movie coming out this December? Yes, what movies are going to follow? What what should we expect to see? What types of scenes should we expect to see? That kind of oh, the rise of Skywalker is straight up going to be you know Phantom Menace: Return of the Jedi. Phantom Menace: Return of the Jedi. Return of the Jedi. Okay. Exactly. Which you know you can already see it in the promotional materials where like the Phantom Menace trailer was like every saga has a beginning and you know the rise of Skywalker is every saga has an end. I mean, they're already like playing that angle. And you know, when the trailer came out, I bombarded Jonathan immediately with visuals of like, you know, ring theory in action. And visually, I mean, it already looks like it's matching up with the Phantom Menace. Like you have that whole scene where like Leia's hugging Ray. And like the last time we saw a scene visually similar to that was when Shmi was hugging Anakin when he was leaving. So don't, yeah. they hug, don't they hug each other when when Han gets killed? When he when when Ray comes back to the planet? I guess, but you know, now we're talking the end of the trilogy, though. You got to think like that's probably going to happen somewhere in the middle of the movie. I think it's going to follow, you know, pretty much that same structure. There's going to be like some sort of negotiation at the beginning and some escape sequence, and you know, it's going to be like there's going to be an epic three way battle at the end with the First Order. Palpatine, however, is the the wild card here. His laughter. Well, I don't know if I told you. I definitely told my brother, and he kind of rolled his eyes. But, you know, I'm kind of guessing that Palpatine is a ghost of some sort, some evil, like, force spirit or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's kind of fitting because, you know, episode one was the Phantom Menace, and it was never really... explicitly stated like who the phantom was of course i have a wild crazy theory that palpatine was never palpatine he's actually playing us the whole entire time but that's a, another discussion for another day 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, now, now you go into the books and stuff. Well, let me ask you this: There's rumors, and and try not to, you know, if you, if I don't, I don't re, me and Alan don't read up on the theories that everybody's right. guessing. So if you do, please try not to share any if, if you can. But there's rumors that there'll be a flashback or whatever sequence in this movie. Doesn't that right away eliminate it from the ring theory because there are no flashbacks in any of the movies? There's actually premonitions in Revenge of the Sith. So, yeah, I don't know how exactly they're going to do that. I Like you, I actually have not been keeping up with The Rise of Skywalker because The Last Jedi kind of, you know, kind of sour Star things. For everybody. <laughs> and it, you know, it didn't ruin it. It's still a good film. It's just not the best Star Wars movie, you know? See, I can't talk to you. I, I know. I, was, I, I can't say anything I either. Can't. And he, now look, me and Giancarlo have been doing this for years. Um, <laughs> he knows where I stand, and, and I just don't. Yeah, it's funny because honestly, was, if, if the Last Jedi is on, I'll change it. Like, it's not even like a movie that like <laughs> I can sit through. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. So let me ask you this: So, Rogue One and Han Solo are, are excused from the Ring Theory. It's just the main movies. Mm, good question. That's correct. It's only the Skywalker saga. That follows the ring theory. Everything else is kind of like, you know, free game. Well, I'm I'm gonna have some breaking news right here. I read that John Favreau okay. modeled the Mandalorian after the first season of The Facts of Life. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, so, I guess we'll see. I mean, we'll. I want look. We all. I think we all want Rise of Skywalker to be good. Whether it fits into the theory or not, I don't care. But if it does, I'm sure I'll get a lot of text messages from you, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you better believe it. Look, it's going to follow the same structure as you know, episode one and episode six. But the story that it tells, it's probably it might go in completely different directions. I mean, you know, I like I said, I haven't really been hearing about spoilers, but I'm sure Force Ghosts are going to play a big role in this considering all the Jedi are now dead so yeah we'll see let me ask you this I know the music fits into the theory too but I mean it's pretty obvious to think that John Williams is doing that uh, right. uh, consciously right like right he's, he's planning on doing that consciously right I mean it's the very last Star Wars movie that he's ever going to write so he's, right. gonna, he's going to go all out from what I hear he's going to it's going to incorporate every single musical theme that we've heard throughout the entire saga so I'm keeping fingers crossed for like duel of the fates you know battle of the heroes which i don't care what your opinion of the prequel trilogy the prequel trilogy overall had way better music than the original trilogy so just oh, say i can't <laughs> you know you can't just say things like that dude you just can't. I, it's true <laughs> now exception being a new hope a new and hope I was about is flawless i was about Five. to agree with you i'm like oh i like the music of the prequels. I thought you were going to say it's good music. I'm like, oh, it's, it's fantastic. It's like, come on, better than the trilogy. It's, come on. It's better than the trilogy. And what sinks the original trilogy is Return of the Jedi. That had the weakest soundtrack. The Battle of Endor is phenomenal. The whole ending is great, but everything leading up to it is pretty bland, to be honest. I'll tell you what, what hurt the original trilogy is the, uh, the special editions because they took Yub Yub <laughs> out, of, out of the end of uh, Return of the Jedi. Uh, Yub Yub is going to be a top 40 hit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love Yup Yup. I hate that new end song. I hate it. Really? See, yeah, I actually very much song? enjoy it. Oh yeah. my god! I actually like it, dude. Yup, did you did you ever see it with Yup Yup, or are you just a special edition? I have seen it with Yup Yup, and um, it, it was, was 
awkward. It like ended strangely. Like it, it was like it, it had too abrupt of an ending, to be honest. Like I'm kind of glad they extended the you know the whole ending sequence. You know, to kind of tie it in more with the prequels to give it more cohesiveness. But yeah, I don't know. Yabby Yabby was a little strange. <laughs> no, I didn't mind them. I didn't mind them showing the uh, the other planets and stuff, the celebrations yeah. on the other planets. That was cool. Uh, and well, what about having putting- Yabby- what about Hayden Christensen and Zanikin? I mean, you kind of like that. Uh, I actually have mixed feelings about that. I feel like, I like, I don't know. Like, does that mean like as Force Ghosts they can change appearances? Like that just raised more questions than anything for me. Yeah. Like, like who's who's with Ben and Yoda? Who's that guy? Yeah, like you know, <laughs> yeah, right. If they would have used Hayden Christensen and like aged him to make him look like he was like. 40 50 like whatever Darth Vader was when he died like I'd be way better with that I don't know why they put him as like some 20 year old like that was or weird. just leave the guy that was there the original like, yeah there was job. no reason to put Hayden in there that doesn't make yeah. any sense yeah yeah I don't know that that's one word. oh let me ask you this this is a yeah. good question do the changes do the special editions the added scenes and stuff do anything to change the ring theory or does it make it more compatible the new scenes Oh, <laughs> um, you know, I'd have to look, go back and look at it, but I don't think so. I mean, the the special edition scenes are more like expansions of current scenes. Um, they're part of like the same sequences. Like, there's not like a brand new section of the movie, so to speak. Well, like, the Jedi. I the beg to differ. Sequence. I beg to differ, my friend. The oh, whole job, job, and Han Solo. What's that? I said, is there going to be a musical sequence in the Rise of Skywalker? Oh my god! <laughs> but what about the anyway. whole Jab- Jabba and Han scene that they added to uh, A New Hope? I don't remember exactly where in the structure it ended up, so I'd have to like <laughs> back and look at it. Like, remember, we're talking main story beats, so like these big like key scenes. Um, so I don't know. I'd have to go back and look. But that's you know, important because when you add there's the- one. When you add those scenes, well, it, it changes the timing in the movies, right. too. Well, none of the movies, like, really match up with timing, either. Like, not exactly, like, to the point. So, but, you know, there is one really cool instance, and I wish I had... I wish I could go back and record it, and maybe I'll do that. But it's a scene where, uh, you know, in the original Star Wars, where Grand Moff Tarkin walks into the boardroom and is like, you know, the Senate has been disbanded or whatever... Like, I think it's something like 23 minutes or so into A New Hope where it happens. And then 23 minutes before Revenge of the Sith is over, you have Palpatine throwing the Senate at Yoda. So, coincidence? Ooh. I think Yes. Not. No. It, it is. It is. That's yeah. shoehorning it, man. Come on. No, uh, but, no, but if you read the ring theory part on Revenge of the Sith, like, there's a, there's a part where, like, General Grievous is like in front of like green monitors, and then like timing wise, when you flip it around, it's like the same time in A New Hope, but like towards the end of the movie. So it's no, it's very much a thing. And you know, like George Lucas says, like these movies like live, like really become movies in the editing room. So they have plenty of time to sit there and watch footage of old Star Wars movies and kind of make sure that things fit. This is very intentional. All right, and where does Spaceballs fall into the ring theory? <laughs> right there with Solo. Okay. <laughs> Much better. Which, so. What did you guys think of Solo? Hated it. Huh? 
hated it. <laughs> hated it. Okay. I watched it once. I was kind of like, meh. Cool. Whatever. <laughs> I'll well, go back to watching Serenity. D- you know, with, with the ring theory, and there's a lot of things that are familiar, I, I think it works to some degree, and, and in some instances it doesn't. Like, when I think of, like, I'm going to go back to Indiana Jones, right? A lot yeah. of, It was funny how a lot of people were upset that Temple of Doom was not like Raiders, you know? Yeah. And then a lot of people loved The Last Crusade because it was more similar to Raiders. But I think differently. I like the fact that Temple was very different, that we didn't get the same thing yep. all over again. And so when I look at Last Crusade, it, it's like a... I guess a Disney version of Indiana Jones, a uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, because it is a little more heartwarming and, and stuff. And, and it, it does, as I got older, it, it kind of annoys me, like how similar it became, you know, where you have, it start, the movie starts off with the traps and Last Crusade, it ends with traps, something right. like that. And so, it, yeah, and the, uh, I mean, the ring theory, the ring theory. <laughs> I haven't studied Indiana Jones quite as much, but yeah, I have to agree with you. Like, Honestly, the Last Crusade like kind of bores me. <laughs> like it's like it's fun. It's like I'll watch it, but I don't know. Like there's something about it that's always bothered me, and I can't quite put my finger on it. You know, I'm, I'm um, doing that thing on Instagram, right? Jonathan knows I'm doing this yeah. with, with with action figures and stuff. And I am not gonna lie. There's I'm uh, like the first third of the movie. And I'm even yeah. saying to myself, God, this is nothing going on in this movie. <laughs> yeah. You know, when I was doing Raiders, like, oh my God, every scene I had to, I had to figure something out and I had to make action. And this one, there's a lot of really long scenes of really nothing. And when when they exactly. added that motorcycle scene at the end of the movie, Spielberg did that as a tack on because even he said there was enough action in the movie. Exactly. See, Jonathan, how I pulled Indiana Jones in this in this episode. See that <laughs> you right. do it in every show we do anyway. So, <laughs> which you know is is kind of similar to the. Kind of similar to the droid foundry on Geonosis. Uh, George Lucas said the same thing in Attack of the Clones, where like he's like, "Wow, there's really like nothing going on," and towards the end, it's kind of boring. So we just tacked this on at the last minute. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Huh. So hack. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so let's talk Ray's parents real quick. What do you think? What do you think? Uh, it would have they to were, mirror were something in for drinking money. <laughs> <laughs> so it would have were any hints if if they're hints would it be something found in uh, Return of the Jedi and Phantom Menace? The Last Jedi. Oh, Last Jedi and okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. So personally, and here's my theory on it: like I haven't really like read up anything on it, but she's totally a clone, and that whole cave sequence on Octu kind <sighs> of um, you know gave that away because you have like hundreds of different rays but also i don't know if you guys saw the picture anakin uh, clone or luke clone luke i think she's a luke clone so the thing is like at that same moment in attack of the clones you have obi-wan discovering the droid factory on geonosis and you have the same shot of like hundreds of battle droids being built and i'm thinking wait a minute it happens at the same point in the movie, and if this ring theory is the thing, she's totally a freaking clone. Wow! Like, and 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 I'm and I'm going for Luke because from the beginning, I'm like, this chick looks just like Padme. It's kind of cool. Um, so yeah, I think she's a clone of Luke. Hmm. I like it. I I'm starting to think that too, and that's why they're going to bring Emperor back into it. And I don't right. think he's there. 
Or I think it's a if they do a flashback, that's where he'll be. Um, right. And yeah, not only and also like I don't know if you saw like the announcement like over the summer. Um, I don't know if it's a spoiler, but I'm going to say it anyway. The Sith Troopers. Have you seen those new actors? They're figures? red. Yeah, they're red. Yeah, the new red Sith Troopers. Yeah. I have a sneaking suspicion those are all like Ray clones. What? Because if she's a clone, there's got to be more than one. And if she was on Jakku, that means she was probably cloned in the Emperor's like hidden facility that was there on Jakku. So I don't know. I think there's a lot more to it. Um, um, well, I guess we'll find out in a few months. But I'll find that out. I, I think I think clone makes the most sense because they had technology for years and years and years. Exactly. So why wouldn't you do it? And why wouldn't he do it? Um, and why don't we see more of it too? Yeah, and he would want a clone of Luke because, you know, Luke is like an undamaged Darth Vader, essentially. He saw Anakin as a failure. So, oh, because he had Luke's know. hand. Maybe and he had it. Luke's hand. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So that's what I'm leaning towards. Right. Yeah, that's possible. I mean, it would have been nice if, he, if she was Ben's granddaughter or something, just, just to know that Ben got a little something, something on the planet, on Tatooine. <laughs> like you know. Well, we'll find out soon enough on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> From what it seems. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. I, I hope that's true. Nothing's confirmed yet. Stupid Dizzy won't confirm it. Anything. I know. I think it's true. I, I think we're going to see an Obi-Wan series. My only, so. um, my only reservation with it is like, I would have wanted to see him live action fight Darth Maul. Well, well yeah. I, 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 I so. know, but why can't you could put it on the TV show? Not everybody watched the cartoon. Well, I did. But. Yeah. <laughs> but that but, was you know, great. Yeah. That was a great fight, though. I mean, it was. It really it was. really, it was really <laughs> a fight, but it was awesome. It just shows how, how much Anakin, I mean, uh, Obi-Wan grew. Exactly. Exactly. All, All right. right. So, um, Alan, you got any other ring questions? or? It's, it is fascinating. I mean, whether you believe it or not, like John Carlos made a really compelling, um, you know, argument. He, yes, he did. Yeah. And, and, it's, and it's, it's, I think after everything, we're 40 minutes into this show, this little discussion about what this next movie is like. Now it's fun for me. You know, like, all right, if, if 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 all the predictions we just talked about really come to fruition, that's pretty cool. It's, it's fun when you think of it like that. It is. And, and look, this is why we love these movies, because they're, these, are, these aren't movies that we just watch and forget about. It's, you know, it raises questions, it's got us wondering. And, and that's what Star Wars has always done, um, no matter what generation you are. Gee, we, we've been talking about Ring Theory since you discovered it, or, well, since you read the article yeah. on it. And, right. <laughs> um, you know, I disagree. I, I don't know that you've changed my mind at all. But That's I can fine. respect it. No, but I can respect it. And, and if it if it enhances your enjoyment of the movies... That's awesome. I mean, part of me wishes it enhanced my enjoyment of the prequels. Because, again, <laughs> time is the only thing that's made me less critical toward them. And, and The Last um, Jedi. Yes, The Last Jedi was really the best thing that ever happened to the people <laughs> in my mind. Because <laughs> um, basically, you go through the you after people, you're like, well, they can't get worse than this. And then and then Ryan Johnson goes, hold my beer. Look, you guys are my friends. You know me. I'm very opinionated. So that's where i'm at but i appreciate look we appreciate you coming on g uh yeah. you got anything you want to plug you're you know i know you've been building um uh apps games and stuff right 
Yeah, uh, our next game coming out is Romeo and Juliet, and that'll be out in September. It's an adventure game for middle school and high school students on iPad and Chromebooks. So look forward to that. And uh, you can visit all our stuff at wizardsdigital.com. Awesome. Very cool. Uh, Jonathan, uh, what's going on on Mom's Basement Collectibles? Mom's Basement Collectibles still posting pictures of stuff I've been keeping in my mother's basement since I was 13 years old, uh, slowly bringing them up, bringing them to my new my house, and uh, putting pictures up. Uh, I'm back on the comic book covers. I did some statues, did some toys. I, saw, I found some old G.I. Joes, and no, I didn't. That's wrong. I don't know why I said that. I found some old Star Wars, and uh, not a lot, because uh, most of my Star Wars figures fell victim to the evil clutches of Cobra and the burned <laughs> at the stake. And... Um, yeah, so the ones I did find, I'm gonna I'm gonna shoot some pictures and put them up on the the interwebs. On Mom's basement collectibles on Instagram. Very cool. What's going on on Doctor Indiana Jones? Doctor Jones. Uh, right Dr. now, <laughs> Indy is about to find his father. So, which I'm happy oh. because I finally got Indy back in his action gear and <laughs> that using the old Han Solo figure. It was it was cool at first, and then I realized, boy, this was a mistake. So <laughs> it's nice to see Indy in his, in his clothes again. I mean, his action clothes, you know. All right. And where can uh, they find the Nerd Me? Where Ooh, can they find us? You can find us on Facebook, Nerd Me Podcast, Instagram, Nerd Me, Twitter, Nerd Me Podcast, YouTube, Nerd Me Podcast. Anything there, Jonathan? Anything new you're, you're going to put up? Uh, no, it's middle of August. So I'm waiting on the next. It's actually Star Wars box, which is themed pod racing so i'm not looking forward to uh <laughs> enjoying this box but uh we'll see well, that oh. should be a good episode because i know you like it when i'm disappointed <laughs> <laughs> and we uh, you like my reaction and this is a star wars episode and jonathan and i plan on revisiting the prequels again starting next month yeah september will really? be the phantom menace october will be attack of the clones and november will be revenge of the sith all in preparation for the rise of skywalker in december don't forget to rate and review on iTunes. That really helps us. It's, Anything else, guys? Uh, I just, once again, want to say, John Carlos, thanks for uh, coming on and sharing uh, your wisdom of the uh, ring through with us. Thanks for having me, guys. Till next time. Martha! Come on, John Carlos. <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. It works. <laughs> All right. <laughs>